Hey wrestling fans, this is Eddie Shepard, one half of the guys over at Wrestling Recommendations, telling you to check out our podcast. Each week, myself and my best friend Travis Lasseter dive in with a deep retrospective and watch along to some of our favorite matches. We have curated a list of over 200 plus matches spanning over 40 plus years. We take all those matches, we throw them into a randomizer, and the very next week, that's the match we cover. Check us out at Wrestling Recom on Twitter, R-E-C-O-M-M, and Wrestling Recommendations on Facebook. And you can find us wherever podcasts are available. And let us bring our wrestling recommendations to you. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Wrestling Purist Podcast. My name is Ryan, alongside your reigning predictions champion, Jeff Hall. Um, that'll be your intro until you lose it in a couple weeks. Um, can I? Uh, I mean, can I skip a pay per view as long as I as long as it fits in within a thirty day? Uh, oh, deal? fuck. God damn it! I mean, I'm right, just there's trying no, to... there's no fucking Jim Crockett here, okay? Okay, right. I just didn't know if you know. Eh, okay. Well, that's, you got to give, um, in the words of Excalibur, you got to give the people what they want. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> um, before we get started with today's retro review, um, couple things. Big shout out to tantalizing Tony. Uh, he was, and we didn't mention on the last retro review and I feel like a piece of shit for it, but he was in, but he was in LA over the long weekend, went and saw both nights of WrestleMania, um, was actually featured on the pre-show, uh, got to cut a little segment with Byron Saxton, which is incredibly awesome. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah. Uh, and then he shouted us out today, um, and called us, um, a content creator that inspires him. Wow. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if you had the opportunity to see that yet. I did not. Um, now I need to fucking pull it up. Um, so he said that he on, follows, on his show. So it was on Twitter. So uh, he follows a guy named Ango. Um, mm-hmm. His profile is full-time creator, over 53,000 subs, um, all things pro wrestling. Um, so he posted something earlier today, seven hours ago, that said, let's spread some positivity today. Tag your favorite wrestling content creators down below, whether they're news channels, podcasters, gamers. Let's show some love to the creators in, in the community. Um. Tantalizing Tony said you like the Ango guy. And then he adds like Simon Miller, Chris Van Vliet, uh, Sam Roberts, uh, Sean Rossap, what, what culture. Um, and then right in the middle, it says WP pod one. Wow. Um, amongst them. And he says all these creators and a few more inspire me. Um, I was honestly floored. Uh, by that and um not that we need it but an incredibly humbling experience just to read that for somebody as 
hardworking and driven and treats pro wrestling with respect. Somebody like that, who's a, who is a content creator, uh, and then mentioning us with the likes of the other content creators that he mentioned. So um, just incredibly humbling. Um, I did respond. Um, I did say just incredibly blessed to know you. It's crazy because you inspire us. Everything you have is earned and well-deserved. We are always so incredibly proud of the work you do. We love you, brother. Keep grinding, work hard, stay humble, and above all, stay tantalizing. Wow, that's crazy. Shout out to to um to Tantalize and Tony. Because he's yeah. he's like he's like legit. Not that we aren't, but I mean he's is it is it is it fair to say, Kyle, that he's a little more serious than the than the purist over here in his <laughs> not serious, but he he he's definitely is passionate on another level that that I am not. At least I, I speak for myself. I don't want to put words in Cod's mouth. Um, no, um, he he definitely has. What am I struggling to say here? I'm also. He has a. Fervor. He's a, he's more business savvy than us, or is more business driven than us. Um, Tantalizing Tony is somebody who we met. Um, at Ring of Honor, I believe it was the best in the world 2021. Yeah, I believe because it was their first show after the pandemic and they opened up and we were in pods, but we really weren't. Um, That's right. We came in and it was him and his and his daughter, Kira. Um, and they were giving us cards. We did a little thing on their show, on their show, which at the time, Holy smokes, I want to say it was probably what a thousand to two thousand subs. I'm not trying to undersell the man, but um we were in that ballpark as far as subscribers. And it was something that I think we just collabed on and we vibed immediately. So um on our old podcast we had him on, um us, him, and a couple other fellas uh had him on. Um, and it it was something that when he came on and we were talking and the man loves professional wrestling. He's a former professional wrestler himself. Um, his daughter, Kira, has never gotten to see him wrestle and he's 55 years old. Um, so it's an incredible story, an incredible journey. Um, he is working to get back in the ring one more time to wrestle in front of his daughter. So on that alone, it should, it should be a Hallmark movie. Um, but uh, why not? But just Tony as a person himself, um, he treats everybody the same. It's with incredible respect. All he wants you to do is, you know, he'll give it, he'll give you a card. He'll talk to you for a little bit. Um, I've only seen one or two, one or two times where, um, and and he shared these instances where somebody's been dis- disrespectful to him for just trying to push his content, and there's nothing wrong with that, um, as far as pushing content, um, but he goes to independent wrestling shows, goes to major wrestling shows, um, is a part of wrestling is now. You can find their page on Facebook. Uh, let's see. Um, he, whenever the conventions are in town, he always has his booth. He brings some titles. 
talks to some big name talent. If you head over to his YouTube channel, he's spoken to the likes of Kurt Angle, um, Ron Simmons, Teddy Long. He's look, he's definitely legit. He's a genuine dude and love him or hate him, which we love him. He is what you see is what you get. He's you some you may see him from the outside like, oh, this guy's a gimmick. No, he's not. He's actually being the gimmick is that he's actually being himself. And I love every bit of it. And if you don't like him, you know, I don't know, kick rocks, but he's great. Off. Yeah. And he does a live show Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays for Raw, AEW, Dynamite, and SmackDown. Um, so guys, please go check him out. Um, he's calling this the year of, you know, tantalizing Tony he said, he, we're all going with him, um, which is fantastic. I wish him nothing but the best. We'll be right there with him to either create content, support his content, share his content. Um, because every time we get on his show, he does the same for us. Yes. And so please go check out his content. Uh, primarily on YouTube, though, Tantalizing Tony, but he is also on Twitter. Uh, he's also on Cameo, if you want him to uh, get your little <laughs> Cameo spot there. Uh, That's pretty cool. Oh, God, I love it. Um, but speaking of Raw, Jeff, so we can move the choo-choo train along here. Um, did you watch Raw this past Monday night? Uh, I did. Um, brief thoughts. It was a little uh, underwhelming just because, you know, we, we've, as wrestling fans, you're, you want everything in the world to be happening on the Raw after WrestleMania. Man. And you got a, you got a little bit of it. Um, but I, I enjoyed it. Obviously, not every single thing and every single match. There was still some BS on it. But I guess, spoiler alert, what we're really asking is, right? What do you feel about Brock over Cody, right? Mm hmm. Um, I don't know. I guess <laughs> I know I just completely ducked the answer, but I mean, I guess they're going the and maybe he really is dusty. Like maybe <laughs> I'm just in the in the sense that may, I mean maybe he's just going the long way to get here. Um, I don't, I don't know, but I have a feel. I have a sneaky feeling because of the stipulation that they said about somebody. What was it? Somebody who can't wrestle for Roman's belt or something. So yeah, so I feel like I, I feel like they're giving an out just in case Heyman leaves. Like if Heyman leaves, uh, uh, Roman, I I feel like they're giving you something. In case he goes back with Brock, but I could, but I could be wrong. So the whole thing was oh, wrong way. Go the other way. So Roman and Solo and the Wise Man come out. Then Cody comes out, and they're like, "Well, there's two of you. Let's make it a tag match." Okay, cool, great. Um. So what I will say to that is the wise man then says you can pick any opponent just your opponent um can can never challenge if you lose he can never challenge 
for the WWE Championship as long as Roman Reigns is champion. Holy shit. Um, yeah, so then Brock comes out, and I guess part of um, the SummerSlam stipulation was that Brock couldn't challenge for the title while Roman was champion. And <laughs> there we had it. It was set up for the main event, Cody and Brock uh, taking yeah. on uh, Roman and Solo. And I looked it up. While that was happening, um, the last tag match that he was in was in New Japan in February of 2006. It was him and Shinsuke Nakamura uh, versus Akebono and Ricky Choshu. Ricky Choshu? Damn. Yeah. A dude. Um, yeah, I, I just don't know where they're going with this. And that's the, but I, 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 we obviously talked about it earlier, um, on an, on another show. But uh, I'm off for Roman. I have a feeling that they're actually going to double down and let Roman keep this thing a hell of a lot longer than we thought. That's what I think. But again, it's just, I'm just guessing. I could be wrong. Blah 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 blah. But boy, I just have a feeling that. This may be the the I don't know. Like they I think they may be playing the long game with this. That's what I think. Yeah, so I do just very quickly, and this is kind of why I'm bringing it up. So um Raw is three hours long. Um, so we had five matches in three hours. We had Omas over Elias in one minute and 41 seconds. Uh, we had Austin Theory over Rey Mysterio in a non-title match, just under 10 minutes. Match was all right. Um, non-title tag match. Uh, Sammy and KO going over the Street Profits in just under 13. That was, that was, that was a decent match. Uh, Bobby Lashley over Mustafa Ali in 38 seconds. And, um, okay, this is the one that fucking pissed me off. Ooh. The two squash matches, it's whatever. And I- I'm getting this off a cage match, so I'll get to the rating in a second. Women's Tag Team Title number one contendership match. Okay, Jeff, do you remember the... Uh, women's showcase match from night two WrestleMania. I do. Do you remember who won that match? The showcase match. Yes, Rhonda and right. Yeah, because you picked them. Yeah, okay. I was making sure. (laughs) Sorry, Mr. Predictions Champion. All my way. Well, I mean, I went so much. (laughs) Oh, I was so right, you know, all my way to my to uh earning the title. Yeah, Uh, I just must have forgot along the way there. Um, Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez go over damage control um, in seven minutes. So, a couple of issues I have here. Number one, Bailey was cut from the show. Um, she had a cryptic message on Twitter after the fact. Um, so she's kind of MIA. Not nobody knows what's going on with her right now. 
Um, but she was actually supposed to be out there with damage control and got cut from the match. Which, which for me lets me think like, how is she getting cut when she wasn't even in the match? You know, when she was just supposed to come down. Yep. You like you, you know what I mean? So what is she huh? getting cut from? Not um, not cut from, but why why is she getting cut? You know, like I and in the same breath as her getting cut, Omas wasn't supposed to have a match at all. Was in catering when he knew that he was going to have the match with Elias and had to run to his locker room. Hurriedly get dressed and get out to the ring. Mm. Um, also, you would think that a tag match that had not only Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez, Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler, and two other teams at you know on WrestleMania weekend, you would think that the quote unquote WrestleMania showcase match would be for a future title match. I guess maybe I under that assumption that you beat three other teams, you're not the number one contender already. But Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez didn't even win. I'm so lost and confused by this. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand either. And I'm gonna follow it up with this. So it's about 31 minutes of in-ring action between men's tag, theory, Lashley. The women's tag, Omas, about 31 minutes in a three-hour show. Now, we like to shit on AEW a lot, but I'll tell you right now, their first hour, I'm telling you now, had at least a half-hour wrestling. <laughs> NXT last night, god damn. Look, and I'm a huge NXT guy. Eh, not huge. It's a little bit of an overstatement. It just makes no sense. So it doesn't. I want to go over the cage match rating for this. So the number of valid votes, because cage match, obviously you go on, you do your own personal rating, you can comment, all that good stuff. Um, Cage match, and this is out of 10, okay? Um, 0.61 out of 10 with 245 votes rating this a zero star show or a zero point show, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And this show, the, the, the rating was like a 2.3. Because it's the Raw after WrestleMania, and in case you missed it, Raw got sold. Oh, not Raw, WWE got sold. And the number one guy, Ari, he is a big Vince guy. And guess who's in charge of this show? The fucking the fucking puppet master, you know, uh, death, the death master himself, Vince McMahon. And I tell you what, this show smelled like Vince, and it was awful. Yeah, it definitely was. And it's, excuse me, we were talking about this just kind of from a, from a, uh, 
you know, in the, in the, in the text queue with some of the wrestling guys, this is how I feel. Again, this is my opinion on anybody else's, but uh, I feel like your boy Vince got upset about, you know, him being ousted and them getting rid of him and this that, and the other. And now he's taking the long way around. Hell, I, one, this is my company, and I'll sell this damn thing if I have to. And I think that's kind of what you're seeing. So he sold this thing to, in turn, kind of come back around to be in power. You know, you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, if I can't book it or have it, well, nobody can. I'll sell it then. Like, yeah, sure, you know? Yeah, but... And I want to go over the significance of this cage match rating. So, 0.61 with 325 votes. And you know what? In the grand scheme of things, this means nothing to a lot of people. But it really should mean a lot. So. Uh, You would think. In terms of lowest rated shows on cage match. This is the third lowest rated show or event on Cage Match. That tells you everything you need to know, right? Look, and I'm scrolling down, seeing if there's anything that has more votes like than that, but the closest, and this is how reactive the wrestling community is. 214 votes for Fastlane 2017, and that was a 2.26 out of 10. Now, I just want to go over the top five with you, or I guess the bottom five. Um, Number five is Crown Jewel 2018. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Crown Jewel. Um. Also, just want to let everybody know that um, that Memorial Day weekend, Jeff and I will be covering Crown Jewel on the Retro Review. Uh, <laughs> Calling out sick that day, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> um, we'll see. So that has a .98 out of 187 votes. So it's less than one out of ten. I mean, it has the best in the world. It has the DX versus Brothers of Destruction tag match, whatever. Number four is Super Showdown 2020. 0.7 out of 10 with 170 votes. Super Showdown, was this? Yep, so this is Goldberg versus The Fiend. This is the one right before the pandemic. So Brock Lesnar squashed Ricochet. Um, was there anything else of note? Not really. Kind of. Oh, this was the to wake trophy gauntlet match, the one where the Undertaker took out Rey Mysterio and then just came out and choke slammed AJ and won it. Hmm. Number three is this Monday Night Raw show. Like I said, 0.61 out of 325 votes. The number two worst rated show on Cage Match. Is Heroes of Wrestling. Okay. I've seen it. What's it's worse the, than that? Uh, we'll get there. Um, so Heroes of Wrestling has a 0. 0.3 out of 10 
with 104 votes. And yes, I've seen this. I'm not proud of it. <laughs> I didn't think there's anything worse. I really didn't. But I guess according to Cage Match, the worst event or show. Um, and I can't even see what's on this card. I'm gonna have to do some more research. Um, it's an episode of NXT from 2010. Well. NXT. How? September. I'm going to look it up. Go ahead. Like, I mean, that's, there's no way that's worse. Ooh, let's check out who's on this. There's no Found way. It. Oh, there's only two matches. Um, AJ defeated Maxine in two minutes and 28 seconds. And six woman tag, Jamie. Kelly Kelly and Naomi. Kelly Kelly. Yeah. Defeated Caitlin and Lay Cool in three minutes and 29 seconds. Uh, I guess we'll see. Is this, hold on, is this where she has the eye patch? No, never mind. I thought it was where Naomi might have had the eye patch. Um, But my overall point here is it was one of the worst Raw shows in company history. It was one of the worst shows WWE has put on, at least in recent memory. And on top of that, you had a golden opportunity to strike while the iron was hot, okay? You just had two nights of WrestleMania. On Monday morning... Everybody was waking up. They saw the sale of WWE. Fresh start. You did not need decrepit-ass Vince, Vince McMahon in fucking Gorilla with a headset on. What the fuck are we doing? Makes 0.0 sense that Triple H, who has been booking since August, I don't remember when SummerSlam was, but it was SummerSlam of last year to now, and he booked WrestleMania. Night Night one was fantastic. Night two was was okay, but you book that you had people build the stage in the best looking stage I think in WrestleMania history, and mm. we, oh yeah, wow, yeah, and all we do is turn around and just fuck it all to hell, and it makes zero sense. It makes no sense, and you, and you know what's gonna happen. Vince is going to see that Raw did a 2.3. And he's going to be like, oh, yeah, I did that. That's such, that's such good shit. No, it's not. Cod fired up tonight, boy. I can't wait for his old ass to die. Mm. Well, we it's funny because we joked about it so many times. <laughs> we joked about it. We, we've always said WWE will be a much better place when Vince dies. <sighs> Vince retired last summer. It's because it's, because he's a dirty old old man, and then nah, because you want to know why you want to know why this is a fucked up thing, and we and I fell for the work. I fell for it. There is no such thing as a retirement in professional wrestling. Oh, not at all. And it's funny because man, 
a, a wrestler years ago did like a promo. Oh and he said, my god! He said this place would be be better off, and Vince was dead, and his doofus son-in-law wasn't in charge. But I don't know. Somebody call it a pipe bomb, but who knows? He's wrestling devil, so. Tell me, Jeff, what is what is this man doing now? I'm sitting back collecting a boatload of money, not saying a damn thing. Everybody slanders him to death. God damn it, you're right. Uh, that person was CM Punk. And look, you guys know I'm not a punk guy. Jeff's a punk guy. I'm about to give punk his, you know, just, just desserts here when we get to the retro review, if we get there. But <laughs> again, <laughs> fuck! Like it's so fucking frustrating how you. Let me ask you. Good. Let me ask you this. On record right now. No, there's some wiggle room here, of course. Uh, sounds like Punk was kind of right about WWE and Vince, right? Yes, he's Sound always like, been right. About, he's always been right about Vince. Sounds like Punk was kind of right about AEW and what's going on there a little bit, right? A little bit. Okay. I, I'm I'm incredibly just upset Allegedly. and disappointed right now. Just like Jeff was on April 8th, 2013, when he didn't get to the Monday Night Raw after uh, WrestleMania 29, which you, is what our retro review is about today. You cheap motherfucker. <laughs> um, yes, that is right. We're talking about twice in a lifetime. Uh, WrestleMania 29, also known as New York, New Jersey, um, from East Rutherford at the MetLife Stadium, uh, April 7, 2013. Um, attendance is disputed, but it says over 80,000. Um, the buy rate for this was um, just over a million. A million for the buy rate? Yeah. <laughs> Inflation calculator. I'm already on it. Yeah, I don't know if there's any difference in what 2013 is to now, but oh yeah, so it's got to be a little, a little bit, got to be a tad. So 2013. Hmm. Oh yeah, there's definitely a little bit here. All right, so 2013, 148. Okay. Um, so it would be 1.36 million. Well, that would be, wait, wait, hold on. I didn't do that right. So how much oh. do you think a pay-per-view was in 2013? Uh, 40 bucks. 40 bucks. So we'll do 40 times the buy rate, which we'll just do, um, we'll, we'll just go ahead and do a million. We'll keep it simple. It's like 1.48 thousand. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> come on. $40 times a million is $40 million. Oh, there you go. Okay, and, and if we say it's 30 then it's 30 That's uh, all. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so... So pick a number. 40, 40 million seems about accurate for the time. Putting it into the inflation calculator, that same $40 million today would be $51.7 million. Mm. Um, and as of this point, with the numbers for WrestleMania 39 not fully calculated yet, um, 
this is um this was the highest grossing live event in WWE history over 72 million dollars for this pay-per-view yes wow it's weird because like i said i was there so i didn't really get to see it through the lens of uh you know and at home you know hanging with the guys watching it that way blah 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 so yeah yeah i didn't know that i didn't know that um now what i'll tell hold on oh so we're recording this on a on a wednesday you're listening to it yeah, Friday or Saturday. Um, Tony Khan's big announcement is that they're going to have the uh, show over in London. Oh, sorry. It's all in oh. at Wembley Stadium. I've been waiting oh. years in the ma- Guys, I've been waiting years in the making for this uh, just... AEW big announcement. Four years in, and we're finally getting to go overseas, and I'm doing it for you. Fuck off. I, I just have Damn a it. Can't I have, have anything quick... nice in this world. <laughs> I'm so fucking fired up right now. For the people that are listening to this and actually don't know uh, know us personally, that's fair. You know, this is a podcast, but just know that Cod's turning into me. God bless. <laughs> he may be turning into something that's even past me at this point. Cod, <laughs> <sighs> I got one question for you. Um, oh, is that nine days from tonight or? <laughs> God damn it. Um, Jeff, so you were there, you were at WrestleMania 29. Mm-hmm. Um, give us a first hand, uh, I, I guess, a bird's eye view of the vibe of the show. Um, without giving oh. any of the match stuff away because we'll get to each match no, as we go, uh, obviously. But what's the ab- vibe? Absolutely. So I'll tell you this, if you've never been, if you call yourself a wrestling fan, and I'm using the term wrestling fan loosely with the Jamooks that are running around here thinking that they like re- love wrestling, even though they've been watching since 2017. But if you call yourself a wrestling fan, you have to go to a mania. I don't care how bad it is. Last year's mes- WrestleMania was complete dog shit. But I would argue you just have to go and experience it. I know it sounds weird. I know it sounds corny. I know it doesn't sound right, but you go there with a bunch of like-minded people and you can literally just feel the energy. I know it sounds dumb. It's hard to explain, Cod. It really is. But you go there and it's just special. Like it's WrestleMania. It's just special. And being watching wrestling my whole entire life and going to shows from gyms all the way to MetLife where there's 80,000 people. When you walk in there and you see the set and everything, I don't, when you're at home, you can't really, you don't really understand how big and massive like these things are. You just see them on TV and you can't really understand the scale of them. You see people walking down the ramp a million times and you just don't get it. When you go, and you see the pomp and circumstance of everything and the pyro and everything, it's a sight to behold. Um, and again, they get a lot of things wrong. They're not perfect. Even their WrestleManias can be shitty, but the experience that you have there should be good with everything. And it's absolutely special. Next year it's in, it's in Philly and we're going. And I don't, I don't, 
care if you're sitting all the way up at the top and the wrestlers look like ants. Go. You just have to go. You have to do it. Yeah, and we're going to work on everybody in our group getting to WrestleMania 40, although the odds are slim and none and slim left town with the sun setting. It's... But I, not, but I, s- stop, Cod. They're not going. We can book this damn thing out from a year from right now, and I guarantee you half of them. It's going to be me and you. That's And maybe Drew. Look, and even, That's it. Yeah, I mean, it. it's... God, if it's two, if it's two nights, I don't Pat, know. Pat, Pat gets a pass because his job. Um, shout out to Jim Montgomery; he's he's the best. Um, Jim's good for it. I mean, he's also like a music producer, so there's that, and has a day job and everything else. But if it isn't those, the guys, nobody else is coming. But we'll try. No, we're gonna do our damnedest um, because it's only in Philly. It's directly north of us, kinda. Um, so, damn it, we can do it. The big feud heading into this is obviously twice in a lifetime. Uh, that would be The Rock versus John Cena once again. This time, The Rock is your WWE champion, and he is putting it on the line. This is a match that's essentially two years in the making. Because, well, I guess, yeah, it's two years in the making because 27 had... The Rock interfere, costing to the match against The Miz. Last year, we had once in a lifetime with The Rock and John Cena. Cena got cocky. Rock won. And I'm not going to sugarcoat it. The story here is that the loss for John Cena essentially ruined his life, ruined his marriage, um, made him turn around and just fuck a Bella. I mean, uh, it's, oh, woe is, woe is, woe is me. Okay, woe is woe is me for John Cena, who doesn't already have everything under the WWE sun. I don't, I don't care. It's, I mean, I care because it's a marquee matchup. How many times are you in your lifetime are you really going to see John John Cena and The Rock? I mean, I mean, how many times are you going to see The Rock Hulk Hogan? Once, does it happen? Fucking once. Okay. You go to a match and you watch a match and you invest in a match like this because you may never see icons of the sport do this ever again. Nope. And spoiler alert, you don't. So that's why you invest in a match like this. Is it a dumb match concept twice in a lifetime? Yes. Twice in a lifetime makes no sense. Okay. But here, here we are. The, before WrestleMania 39, that's it's the it's the highest grossing mania of all time. <laughs> like, yes, this is a huge deal. Um, so let's just jump right in here. Um, we'll go back a little bit because we do have to talk about kind of how we got here, um, what we're kind of looking at because we have covered. Rumble 2013, we've covered Elimination Chamber 2013. If you want more in-depth on what we're getting ready to do, then those are available wherever podcasts are available. So we had John Cena win the Rumble. It didn't main event because The Rock going over CM Punk for the WWE Championship was the main event for Rumble 2013, and he won. So 
at that point, and we even said said this when we covered this, as soon as The Rock won, we knew it was going to be Cena and Rock again. Mm-hmm. Nothing else of note happened on that show, to be honest with you. Um, we move on to Elimination Chamber the following month, and we get we get a rematch with Rock and Punk. Rock wins. Cena gets schlocked in a six-man tag against the Shield. They put the Shield over, which is awesome. Um, right back and go fuck himself. Um, also of importance here, we had um, Jack Swagger. Sorry, Jack Swagger win the Elimination Chamber. So he gets a shot at the World Heavyweight Championship here at WrestleMania 29. <sighs> That pretty much covers all the bases. That's all you need to know coming into this show. It's a, it's a very one-note show. Um, we'll kind of cover it as we go. Obviously, we have the streak on here. Um, we have Triple H because Triple H has got to keep trying to put people over. Um, so let's just get started with this thing. Let's do it. We'll start on the pre-show. Uh, we Yeah, we, we got the panel and everything. The only match on there was for the Intercontinental Championship. Um, The Miz defeats Wade Barrett. um, Barrett, the champion, so that makes Miz the new Intercontinental Champion here. Um, This is when Miz was in his Ric Flair storyline. So his finisher was the figure four, and he used the figure four to win. Uh, During that match... We were worried because during that match, it actually started like to like lightly rain. Oh, no. Yeah, it was like lightly raining. And I was like, oh, boy, like give it. Let it be my luck that I come to the one WrestleMania where it's going to because it was outside. It's going to pour, you know, and it, it didn't. It, it rained a little bit during that match, but it but it but it held off. Well, that's good. That is real good. So let's get to the start of the show here. We get the opening video package um, talking about Hurricane Sandy. Um, You know, the package is mainly focused on the resilient human spirit. Um, And scumbag Chris Christie is narrating the entire thing. Welcoming us to WrestleMania. Um, Gross. Um, Cole. On the call, I believe, with Jerry Lawler. God, it's been a couple of days since I've watched this show. Let me look through my notes here. Uh, yeah, so this is Michael Cole, Jerry Lawler, and JBL. Um, we did have Josh Matthews and Matt Stryker on for the pre-show, so cool. Um, you will see a bunch of familiar faces here as we go through this show. Um, opening up, uh, we have a six-man tag. Uh, we have The Shield. That would be the newly formed Shield. Dean Ambrose, Roman Reigns, and Seth Rollins taking on the slapped together team of Sheamus, Randy Orton, and the Big Show. And my question is, do we not have anything better for Sheamus right now? Like, did the Shield like did the Shield kill Sheamus's family or something? Like, we have to continuously have the Shield in a six man tag versus Sheamus and two randos. Like, you can tell this time period they didn't have anything for them to do, so they were just trying to obviously just trying to get them on the on the mania card. Yeah, and 
fun to note, this is the Shield's first WrestleMania match. Um, Jeff, how do you think they did in their debut match? Uh, I think they did well. Um, my hatred for Roman Reigns at this point wasn't, well, <laughs> well, hatred at the time, because now um, you're the twos and we're the ones and you need to acknowledge a tribal chief. But at this point, my hatred for him wasn't there yet. Um, I did love, I've always loved Seth Rollins because he was Tyler Black uh, coming from Ring of Honor, coming from the Indies, so I always knew who he was. Ambrose I knew, but I didn't really know that much about. Uh, I remember seeing him back in the day. So, God, listen to this. So, back in the day, you know, we would go to these uh, uh, house shows and Raws and I remember him being John. He was John Moxley on a house show one time, and he had like long hair and tights, and he looked like shit then, and he still looks like shit. Well, actually, he looks better here than he does now. But, um, but yeah. But to make a long story short, the Shield did great. Um, they were over. They were just different from everything at this time. So it was right with the it was right with the doctor ordered. If you ask me, if you ask me. Agreed. Um, I do like the sign that they pass on the way to the crowd. Um, the sign is, my dad is way more into this than I am. <laughs> Which is fantastic. Um, uh, yeah, but this is a... This is a pretty standard six-man tag. I think this is... The best way I could put this is... It's the same match we saw at Elimination Chamber mm-hmm. with the six-man tag, except now you're replacing who uh, John Cena and Ryback with The Big Show and Randy Orton. Yes. It's exactly the same, same spots. Um, so if you've seen that one, you've seen this, you don't need to watch this. It's very, very fair. Um, and that's not to bury anybody. I mean, this match is fine. No, no. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's yep. Um, well, let, let me ask just why, why I have why I have you on here. Um, looking back, look at Dean Ambrose in shape with a tan with hair. Oh, you mean like uh, you mean like I, a professional wrestler? Actually, actually wrestling, like doing wrestling moves, running the ropes. It's crazy. You mean he doesn't have a pizza cutter in his pocket or a fork in his other pocket or a brick underneath the ring steps or uh barbed wire wrapped anything underneath the ring? No, I it's damn. Um, this question is for our friends over at Bleeding John on Twitter. Um, did Mox bleed in this one? <laughs> Uh, I don't know if they were were bleeding. Bleeding John was in the infancy of its uh, it's coming together here. Yeah, I don't think that they were gigging in twenty third thirteen. So Mox got off um, easy there. But like uh, like ten, I said, there's really yeah, it's ten years. Ten, ten years. I mean, today's April fifth. That was April seventh. I mean, close close enough. Man, 10 years. Um, 
But Randy Orton's a house of fire. He gets the hot tag. Um, RKO on Rollins. That was a cool spot. Um, Roman hit Rando with the spear. Um, Sheamus is out on the outside. Um, Dean Ambrose covers Randy Orton to win. And Big Show is just staring from his corner. Um, goes to show you that even in 2013, Big Show didn't know if he was a face or a heel. Um, Shield leaves through the crowd. Big Show hits Sheamus with a KO punch, gives one to Orton, and he leaves on his own. Um, what I will give this match is I think that it had more of a story element than the elimination chamber six man tag with the shield. Um, I mean, it's a, I mean, you know, to quote beauty and the beast here, tale as old as time, but you have a team that is essentially working like clockwork, taking on a team that again, like I said, schlock together and can't really work well as a team yet. So you have the willow machine versus the thrown together schlubs here. Um, and I think they told that story pretty well. But like I said, average match to open main mania. Um, oh, but it gets worse. More <laughs> does it. God bless. Does it get worse? We get a video package for The Rock and John Cena. Then we move on to our next contest. Um, that would be uh, Ryback versus Mark Henry. Um, I'm going to let you say what you need to say, Jeff, because um, if I have to watch another goddamn Ryback match, I I'm, I think I might quit. Um, He's fucking terrible. Uh, he is. We'll get into some other stuff later about, about him, but yes, he's god-awful. Absolutely god awful. Yeah, the I don't worst. think there's I don't think there's really much to say, honestly. It's a I mean the most the most interesting thing about this match is that there was a sexual chocolate chant from the crowd, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Um and for some reason the crowd was into this. Oh, they were behind wow. Ryback. Well, now you can now when I say some something like that for this one, you can fully correct me because what I'll tell you is just watching it, it was sexual chocolate chance, the feed me more chance, chance galore in this one, but I couldn't stand this match. Uh no, I mean the match was terrible, but but at this time period he was actually over. Believe it or not. Um. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um. Uh, <laughs> so. Um. I don't really know how to describe this finish. Um. Ryback hit shell shock. Um, so okay, so so let so let me go here. 
the finish I actually thought was really good. As in, as in the way, like what they were, what they did and what they executed. I thought that was good. It's just the match was sucked. Like, as in like, you know, you, you could use that finish in another, for me at least in another situation in another match, you know, like, again, I thought that was an actual good finish, but it just involved those two. Well, not those two. Mark Henry's great. It just involved um, Mr. Ryback, who's god-awful, and that was the problem. So what do you think, Con? Um, Mark Henry is um, a diamond in the rough, always has been. Why he's rewarded with a WrestleMania match with Ryback is beyond me. This is the same Mark Henry that had a WrestleMania match with Kurt freaking angle. Um, so I don't understand why somebody who has done what they've done for the company is now having to wrestle this um, 285 pound tackling dummy. Um, uh, so um, I hated this. I really did. Uh, the crowd is into it. I was not. I'm glad it's over. Uh, I'm with you. It's eight minutes. You can never get back. And they can have it. They can have it because I'm done. And I'm done talking about goddamn Ryback. <sighs> um, and then after the match, all the bullshit... Um, it, it's, um, Mark Henry attacks Ryback after the match and then Ryback hits a spine buster and another shell shock on him. Like, did we need that? Well, yeah. What I didn't like is how they're showing you like, oh, you know, this is why he went over like, oh, okay. Cause of the, you know, he 400 pounds fell on top of him and you know he got the pin. But then you turn right back around and like no sell it. So Yeah. So he can get his comeuppance at the end. Like uh Yeah, why not just book Ryback to win the match? Yeah. It makes 50, no 50, sense. 50 50 booking. Yeah. Um after that we get the announcement that WWE is a sponsor for the Special Olympics twenty fourteen USA games. Uh cool. Then we move on to the WWE Tag Team Championship match. It is Team Hell No. That would be Daniel Bryan and Kane defending their championships against uh, Dolph Ziggler and Biggie Langston. Big E Langston. Yeah. Um, you, you common folk may know him as Big E as I guess he's not good enough to have his last name. Yeah. Um uh Jeff, what did you think of this one? Uh so this is prime Dolph Ziggler. I can't explain to you like the pop he got when he came out here. Just how people felt like about Daniel Bryan and like, and like Sammy. Now it's not on that level, but what I'm saying is, is people, they wanted him to, they wanted WWE to do something with Dolph so bad. 
and he won the money in the bank and he just was over like Rover. So he could, he could do no wrong here. Um, this match was fine. So that's for kind of Kane being in it. Um, you know, being a bigger guy and he can still work, but just, you know, a little slower pace, mm-hmm. but uh, I thought the match was fine. But again, Dolph at this point was just a crowd favorite and was just ready to take off. Um, yeah, I will follow up and say that at the current moment, Dolph Ziggler is the holder of the Money in the Bank briefcase. Um, just waiting for his time to strike. Just listen, like when he like tagged in. Yeah. You go, you step in a time machine, you go back and. You know, somebody from now would be like, for Dolph Ziggler? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Dolph Ziggler. It's hard like, to believe. Yeah, but man, he was that guy. And he still, I mean, his wrestling ability and selling ability is second to none, but yeah. He just, he, he just was the, the guy that everybody, he, he was the guy that people were, were just over. I mean, they just, they just wanted to, to see him succeed and do well. And he just had it. Yes. Um, towards the end of the match, um, Dolph hits a zigzag on Kane. Um, good, good spot there. Good near fall. Um, is when AJ Lee distracts the referee. Um, Kane avoids a um an attack with the briefcase from Dolph. Uh, he hits a choke slam. Daniel Bryan hits a uh flying headbutt. Holy smokes! Um, on Ziggler gets him the win in just over six minutes. Um, Fine, go. Yeah, couple couple of things here. Um, the flying headbutt, holy hot damn! In 2013, mm-hmm. um, it's very weird now in hindsight to know what's coming the next night on Raw, and to see Dolph Ziggler eat the pin clean here. It yes, so. Again, we left there pissed off, I think, like everybody did. You know, like, man, why are they doing this to Dolph? You know, this is crazy. Um, unbeknownst to us, we were just getting set up for one of the biggest pops ever. Yeah. Um, I would have even been fine with Ziggler winning with a briefcase shot, even if it wasn't clean. I mean, it doesn't matter, obviously, in the long run because, obviously, you get the Monday Night Raw stuff and the yeah. pop. But I guess looking back on it, not looking at Raw and just looking at this alone, like, it's very strange to have your Money in the Bank winner take an L, a clean L, regardless of who it's from. Yeah, I mean... uh Common wrestling sense would tell you that Big E takes this, right? But then I also would tell you that he doesn't because at this point he was he was the heavy, he was the guy, he was, you know. Excuse me. But yeah. Weird for him to take a clean pin here. But it didn't matter though, really, honestly. Yeah. Um as far as this tag goes, um, this was this was better. Now this was six minutes. Um, I enjoyed this match more than the opening tag. Um, 
those are the only two tag matches on the night. But um, I mean, Team Hell No at the time was a hot tag tag team, so crowd was behind them because they were kind of a comedic uh, tag team at the time. So I get it. Um, like I said, just weird to see Ziggles eat the eat a clean L here. Um, uh, Cod on this tag match. Um, what do you think? Uh, these belts, I kind of miss these tag belts. I, I I forgot about the black and the bronze. I thought they were pretty slick. I know a lot of people like kind of didn't like them and they got some heat, but I thought they were pretty clean. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I completely agree. I think honestly, all of the current titles need a revamp. I don't think really a lot of them are getting are very good. Honestly, um, especially the IC title, that shit's got to go. But compared to what we have now, I personally like these ones better. Um, I mean, nobody can nobody can beat the old school tag titles, though. I'm with you. I'm and, with I, you. and I don't think the ones we have now are bad. I think it's just we've seen them for so long that it's time for something new. Yeah, this is what or different color or whatever, whatever. Um, I want the tag team titles that um the Quebecers had. <laughs> you know, you know what you, you know what's what I'm talking about, right? Oh, I do, I do. The plate, and then they got the little things at the top that kind of to curl. Yes. <laughs> you you mean you mean you mean uh you mean the WWF tag team championship belts? Oh well, yeah, yeah. I think just being caught up in uh what we're talking about. Um I mean don't call us pretty boy. We're not a muscle head. We hate that long haired look because we like the preppy look instead. There you go. We're all American boys. They don't like heavy metal. They don't like rock and roll. All they like to listen to is Barry Manilow. Barry Manilow. <laughs> They're all American boys. Uh, all American boys. Uh, we move on from that. Uh, John Cena is talking about Make-A-Wish and how we can donate, um, which if you can still do, um, make, Make-A-Wish obviously is a great foundation. Um it was kind of unique to see on Saturday for WrestleMania 39 night one um, that John Cena brought all those Make-A-Wish kids out just to watch him lose. I loved every second of it. <laughs> loved every second. Uh, we move on to our next contest. It is, um, well, I don't know what, you, what nickname you want to give him for this one, um, but he, it's Chris Jericho for his... Fondango, um, also currently known as Dirty Dango in Impact. Um, look, if you invite him to come to your wrestling show, um, just know that he doesn't stay in any cheap motel, okay? Uh, no, not at all. Not at all. I mean, for crying out loud, he's got eight properties in the Northeast. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about that one. God, I love it. Uh Fucking shithole of a town. Oh, I gotta so, watch that one. Done. So good. 
Uh, big shout out to Next Generation Wrestling Tennessee uh, and Dirty Dango's quote unquote shoot um, from the ever cursed Halloween show. Uh, um, Dango, oh God, yeah. Oh hey, but don't but don't forget all of these. You know, Podunk independent wrestling shows should have mats outside the ring so nobody breaks ankles. Oh, I could forget about that. I mean, goddamn, Ring Ring of Honor did it, and they've had nothing go wrong. Sorry, Dante Martin. Yeah. All right. Um, Fandango took an Undertaker-esque entrance to get to the ring. Is all right. Made him seem like a big deal. Um... Jericho's entrance was good as well. Um, what what do you think of this one, Jeff? Because I know you're not a super big Jericho fan right now in time. Um, how did you feel about this one? So uh, at this time, I was a super big Jericho fan, as well as everybody should have been. Uh, I, being there, watching it live. The place just couldn't believe it. You could hear like, God, I'm not joking. When Fandango won, you could hear, you know, 80,000 people like, like, what? You know what I mean? Like all exhale, like what? Yeah. It was crazy. Like it was crazy. Because again, leading up to this, the wrestling community was like, well, why is this on WrestleMania? And hell, even still, I'm still asking that. Like Jericho should be on WrestleMania, but why was Fandango on WrestleMania? And then he got, and then Jericho put him over because, um, per the Lilies, that's, that's he's such a good guy. That's all he does. And then since then, he actually did put him over. So yeah, it was very, very, very interesting. Yeah, this is. Um... This is a very interesting match to watch because if I remember correctly, this was Fandango's first match as yeah. Fandango. Yes, yes. He, he had been coming on Raw and doing oh, yeah. st- like vignettes and stuff like that, but no, this was like his actual first match. Yeah, this was, I think, a good opening, a good a good display for him on a very big spot. Obviously, Johnny Curtis has been in the system for a while. Um, how did how how was the crowd reacting though? Uh, that's what I'm. He was he got some booze, but that that's what I'm saying. The crowd it was just shock, and like you would think that it would it would be oh like this shock as in you know Roman going over Cody spoiler. Like that's worth the shock, but it was like shock in a bad way. In the you know, like what Fandango beat Chris Jericho, mm-hmm. you know, like well, why? Everybody was kind of like scratching their heads, like, huh? Yeah, and look, that's exactly what you do if you're a veteran guy. You know, you put the younger talent over. Um, now there's a difference between. Fandango and Claudio Castagnoli. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be a straight shooter there with you. 
Um, I think Fandango needed a needed a big win. I mean, obviously it's his first match, but you've been pumping him up so hard, you know, that you get to the spot you almost have to pull the trigger now. Whereas you have <laughs> a match with Jericho and fucking Claudio on a random Ring Ring of Honor show, and it's like, oh, but you know, Jer- Jericho's got to put Claudio over. Yeah, said said no one. So I'm really glad WWE pulled the trigger. Um, uh, I kind of enjoyed the finish. Um, is obviously the story was well done. You have Jericho, the veteran, Fandango, the quote unquote rookie. Um, Jericho misses the lion salt. Um, he goes for the walls, but Fandango counters. Um, with his, with an inside cradle to win in just over nine minutes. I think the reason I enjoyed this finish is because it shows that um, even though Fandango is technically the heel here, he's still he's still crafty in ways to get the job done. And I think Jericho let his guard down just a little bit, which uh-huh. a veteran, which in this storytelling, a veteran can do to give the edge to your younger adversary. So, um, I enjoy the finish and I enjoy the storytelling. Yeah, I'm with it. Um, we get highlights from the pre-show that um, had the Mizaway Barrett on it. Um, another video package for the main event. Um, we get we get Diddy having a concert here. Um, world title matches up next. We get the video package of um, Zeb Coulter, Jack Swagger, their little vin vignette videos, and then everything that's between the two opponents here. Um, um it is go ahead. Zeb Coulter, aka Dutch Mantel, the living legend. Yeah. Um, Zeb Coulter on the mic. Um. And he's wondering when we let them take over. Um, he complains about uh, complains about people speaking Spanish, Italian, Greek, Chinese, and God knows what against us. Um, he called out the Greeks. Um, Swagger says we the people and um, instant heat magnet. Oh, yeah. Uh, th- this whole gimmick was great. This whole gimmick was great. Until. <laughs> Until. Um, what, what did we. I remember my memory. He didn't. He did Swagger got a DUI or something like that. Until right? Swagger fucked it up for himself. Now um, he's un, he's unlucky because if he was an Uso, he'd be fine. But he isn't an Uso, so it doesn't work out for him. Yeah. And, and he's, he's not even an honorary use. No. Um, he was charged with driving under the influence and possession of marijuana. Um, he appeared in court on March 12th, 2013. Um, scheduled to stay in trial on June 25th, 2013. Um, marijuana charge was dismissed. Fine $500. Sentenced to six months probation with his two-day jail sentence being suspended. So let me ask you, was it worth not 
having a WrestleMania moment and not winning the big gold belt at WrestleMania for that. Was it all worth it? No way. God damn, no, it wasn't. Jack Swagger had a huge opportunity. And and dirt sheets were really popular in 2013. New and it led you straight to the news sources. So everybody knew what Jack Swagger's situation yeah. was. Yeah, and two, this is a lot of for wrestling information back in the day. This yeah. was a lot of before wrestling Twitter was a thing. Like, yes, there was Twitter and wrestling, but it wasn't as like crybaby and it and forever like how it is now. It just wasn't that way. So, and there were there weren't. I mean, I'm sure there were in certain instances, but there weren't a bunch of paywalls for wrestling content. Like it's just grown to be such a wild place, but yes. Also in this match too, Cod, how over is Alberto Del Rio, Jack? Ooh, the Mexican aristocrat. Yeah. Um. Now again, I don't. He may be a piece of shit person. Obviously, you know. Oh, he's a fucking scumbag. Yeah, but man, his ring presence and like he he he's definitely a guy to me. Whether you like him. No, not personally, like again, in ring, whether you like his style or his whatever, but he definitely has it um as a heavyweight champion, as whatever. Uh what do you, what do you think? So I definitely don't think he was in I mean, he was more over than Jack Swagger, and I think a lot of that has to do with Jack Swagger and more importantly, Zeb Coulter. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that their gimmick at the time really put Del Rio in a position to be a top babyface. I also think that the presence of Dolph Ziggler being money in the bank holder, I think had something to do with it as well. We get, mm-hmm. um, we want Ziggler chance a couple of times yeah, in this match. And when that's happening, you got two guys in the ring and the guy you're changing for is not in the match. It means it's not going well, Jack. And guess what? No, I mean, no pun intended, but I mean, this match was fine. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's honestly nothing to write home about, but I think it makes it worse when you know what's going to happen because of outside, um, out outside sources, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Fortunately, um, weird finish though. This match only goes. Uh, ten and a half minutes for a world title match at Mania seems incredibly short. I think this was three times shorter than Cody's and Roman's for this past weekend. Uh, that's weird because it didn't. Well, it's not weird, but it didn't seem. Uh, when you watch it, did you think it went too long or was too short? I guess I, I probably couldn't have told you how long it was because it just felt okay. Uh, I just thought it was a little slow. I don't think it was yeah. bad. In that term, but I think it. I just meant like, t- like, yeah. like time, time wise. I think ten and a half minutes. I think is too short, but I also think the ten and a half minutes felt like a couple minutes longer than what it actually was. Um, but the finish has Swagger who throws Del Rio into the barrier or into the barricade. Um, back in the ring, Swagger's in control. Uh, Del Rio puts on the arm, the cross arm breaker, and gets the win. That's it. 
it did not for me have the glitz, the glamour, the attention that the World Heavyweight Championship should have on a stage like WrestleMania. I would agree. So, um, right after the match, Swagger just left. So, we push all the chips in, invest in Jack Swagger, Swagger fucks up, ruins the match vibe, and then after the match, nothing happens. Sure, why not? Yeah. Um, video package acknowledging the National Guard of New Jersey. Up next, um, we get the video package airing for The Undertaker um, defending the streak against CM Punk. Um, Jeff, obviously a big punk guy. Um, I know we've talked about this feud a handful of times. Um, what do you think? Uh, uh, um, what do you think of this? The run up to this, the leading up to this. What do you think? So, for people that aren't aware, the build for this match just so happened to coincide with the real life passing of the Undertaker's longtime uh, manager, com- confidant, um whatever you want to call him, uh, that'd be Paul Bearer. Um, one thing I will say, Paul Bearer got inducted into the Hall of Fame and his scumbag of a son was chewing bubble gum while they were <laughs> accepting the goddamn award. I was like, you fucking scumbag motherfucker. Yeah. You no much. class bitches. Like, and, and and look, credit to him, he sounds just like his dad. But maybe don't a don't chew gum while you're accepting your father's hall hall of fame ring, and also don't propose with it. Oh, that's a terrible look. Yeah. Um, I don't want to get too far onto that though. I want to stick to this because um, this is my match of the night. It's not even close. Um. And I am, and I know you're ready to gush about this. No, no, I, I don't. God, do you? Don't worry about me. Really? Bro. Bullshit! You're a punk guy. Oh no, I, I'm totally about to gush about this. Yeah. So firsthand. The, yeah. Um. Like I said, the build coincided with that. Um. And if I'm not mistaken, um, there was permission given to move forward with the story that they had chosen. Um which was um CM Punk, you know, making fun of the Undertaker, insulting the Undertaker, um, having just lost Paul Bearer. Um Paul Heyman even at one point comes out dressed um full cosplay as Paul Bearer, which I thought was fantastic. I thought the build of this was outstanding. This had the build for CM Punk to win. Yep. And personal opinion, if it wasn't Shawn Michaels and it wasn't Triple H, it should have been Punk. Yes. So I'm on that train. I'm obviously a Punk homer, but I would second that. If if it's not Trips, 
and it's not Michael's, it should have been punkier. Yeah, and I guess it's only 2013. He doesn't really get ousted from WWE um, until after the Rumble the following year. So you could have really used... Now, understandably, Punk is coming off of a huge championship run, probably half of what Roman Reigns is doing currently. Uh, That would be 434 days. Sorry. That's fine. Um, (laughs) 434 days, like it's engraved in your mind. I mean, I have it on a shirt, so. Oh, you do. I've never seen it. Uh, so that one is what we like to call, um, in the shoe world, dead stock. That is on a hanger, and that will never be worn. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair so, enough. Yeah. Um. So no, you're spot on. Four hundred thirty-four days added CM Punk's second and final WWE Championship run, um, at the hands of The Rock. Um, we'll get to what happens with the world title here in just a few moments. <sighs> but yeah, that was, he only had two reigns, which is bonkers bananas. Um, but the build for this was fantastic. Um, Punk comes out with Paul Heyman. They've got Cult of Personality live. Um, is great. Um, Undertaker's entrance was great. Punk looking focused, determined, almost unhinged. Um, and then the match happened, and um, Jeff, the floor is yours. I'll let you no, have no, this one. No, no, Cod, you go first. You go first. What? Oh, and so people don't think that you're a punk homer enough to really gush about how wonderful this match was. No, I, I, I just, I want to. You're not a punk guy, so it's, it's the, it's, you know, once I'm a punk guy, you're not. So I just want, I want, you know, your truth out there. You know, whatever your opinion is first, and and then I'll go. Look, and so I'll say this: when I say I'm not a punk guy. It does mean I'm not going to give the man his credit because we've oh, no. said yeah, it yeah, yeah, yeah. multiple times on this show. The guy can draw. He is the reason for AEW's um, buy, buy rate boom when he came into the company. Okay. Um, he should have held the world title more. He should have had a longer reign. He shouldn't have done the job for Dwayne. Um, the guy is a talent. Just because... He leaves in 2014, and I say for six to seven years, uh, no, look, you've been gone for so long, nobody cares. And look, that's me. I didn't care, but you know what? A lot of other people did, which means I was kind of wrong. You know? Um, This match was fantastic. Everything about it. Um, The storytelling. The desperation for Punk to not only defeat The Undertaker, but to conquer the streak. Um, 
the atmosphere and the fans just great. Um, the false finishes, it wasn't overbooked. Um, I think it was the perfect amount. Um, I thought, I thought it was great. And I thought, and I actually fell for the work at the end. Um, because <laughs> punk hit undertaker with the urn. And I was like, this is how this motherfucker is going to win. God damn it. Obviously undertaker pops. Um, but punk, um, doing the undertaker, you know, throat slashing motion, um, goes for a GTS, um, undertaker, uh, hits a tombstone and wins just over 22 minutes and hot take. This is undertaker's last decent WrestleMania match. Ooh. Wow. Uh, <laughs> all right. Stun silence. Yeah, I I didn't think I, I think you're right. I didn't think about that at this time. I really I never thought about that. I just was like kind of watching this and reminiscing of being there and I never thought about that. But I think you're right on that. All right. So leading up to this, there's some backstory. So Punk's coming off of the 434 days. He's also coming off a fucking ride back, just dumping him on his head and dumping him on his hip and beating him to fucking absolute pieces. So uh, he actually coming into this had, the, if you see, he had the knee and then he had the elbow. He was actually pretty banged up from from uh, shit for brains. Ryback who ah. hurt him, who hurt him a couple times. Um, Kyle, I don't know if you remember, but remember he almost kind of had punk almost had to give the belt up. Remember he had, he had like the knee clean up, like kind of like halfway through the right, like toward the end of the rain. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, because, uh, Ryback, but CM Punk to me is one of those guys and I can't put my finger on it. And it's not for me to put my finger on is his wrestling ability. The best. Absolutely not. He's good. He's not going to drop you on your head. He's not going to have a ton of like five star matches in the way in the way they have them now with flips and this and that. He's not going to do that. But what he is really good at is telling a story. And that's you said it yourself. That's what you got here. You got CM Punk telling a story, making it personal with Undertaker, making it personal with the streak, trying to conquer that. And it just turned out to be a really good match. I can tell you from being there live that the crowd wanted CM Punk to win. Like they wanted him to win. When he, it was weird because when he was getting his one, twos, and and you know, when a taker was pop popping on three, you were hearing like, oh, like who like that's that usually never happens. You know, people aren't like people don't want Undertaker to necessarily lose, right? You know, okay. so yeah, um, I love this match, and and obviously what you said is is correct. I in in my in my view, I think this is probably the last because Undertaker looked good here. He looked really good here. He was kind of himself here, his older self or his younger self. He was wrestling. He was moving. He was bumping. He was 
they they were evenly matched wrestling ability wise. And yeah, yeah, this is a great match, and well, I'll get into it later. But after this match, God, the like all the life was just sucked out of the two matches that come after this. Nobody cared. One being twice in a lifetime, so there's that. But you you could just feel like a- after this match, everybody was like exhausted. Yep. Like emotionally, because I remember after the Triple H match, and like I was uh, my cousin Sydney, I turned to him and I was like, "What's wrong? Like what what happened?" <laughs> oh, it was just that everybody you know blew their load, or 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 emotionally just after this match, that was that was it. So yeah, um, great match. Again, I don't mean you personally, but whether you like Punk or not, people out there in wrestling land, he moves the needle one way or the other, and he is a star, and this was a great match. Yeah, so circling back to the streak, after this, he would have 30 against Brock, obviously lost. Um, 31 against Bray Wyatt is fine. It wasn't as good as this. Um. Oh, uh, okay, so tw- so twenty nine. This is twenty nine, right? Yeah. And then the next year he lost to Brock. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he should have lost to Punk here. Yeah. Just j- just because does Brock Lesnar need anything else to make him even more Brock Lesnar? You know, no. I mean, I, I'm, I, I'm fine with him losing. I, I was always on the train of, of Undertaker losing because nobody's over, nobody's over the business, above the business. But so yeah, then it was so it was Lesnar, it was Wyatt at 31, Shane O'Mac at 32, Reigns at 33, John Cena at 34, and then I, we haven't talked. I have a feeling we're going to talk about this very, very soon, like next year. Um, and then at 36 was the Boneyard match with AJ. <sighs> I mean, it's not really. Now, granted, that was the best that he had looked probably since 31. Because um, he didn't look terrible at 31. He just looked worse at 30. So it probably made him look better at 31 by comparison. But. It's twenty nine was was the last of prime Undertaker. I mean, he cut his hair, which was dumb, but whatever. Yeah. Um. Paul Heyman during this match too was fantastic. Um, I don't want to forget about him. Yeah. Um, even if it's just um, screaming at Punk, talking to him, emoting. Um. Great job by him. Great job all around. There's a um, punk being a bright guy like myself. There's a leg sweep he does here where he just does a back leg sweep and he lands. And when he lands, he just pops over top of him on the pin. Oh, it's a thing of beauty. Yeah, I got it. It's on a 675 and a half Vinkingo splash. But boy, <laughs> it's just a thing of beauty. Yeah, this, like I said, is the last good Undertaker Mania match. And it's not a lie. Guys, this is it. 
this match is so good um storytelling wise that it almost seems personal and it's not mm-hmm. you know like it like punk doesn't hate like their storyline yes but it almost seems like man these two guys don't like each other or or maybe there's some real heat here but no it's just that good emotionally you know telling mm-hmm. the story at least <sighs> Um, so we get a video package next about John Cena's shot at redemption. Hooray. Oh my god. I forgot about this. Um, up next is um the no holds barred match between Triple H and Brock Lesnar. Um Paul Heyman double dipping here. Um also being in Brock Lesnar's corner um with Shawn Michaels. Jeff's favorite being in Triple H's corner. For no reason. What? They're DX buddies. Yeah, I mean, yes, but like just for no reason at all. So if I remember correctly, the build for this had Shawn Michaels getting attacked and like his arm broken. Well, yes, but what I'm saying is is okay. Sean got drug into this for no reason. Like just just to just so trips can do him a solid and get him on the card and get him in a storyline. Like, you know what I mean? Like there was no mm-hmm. reason for him to be in any of this. Just like all of a sudden, mm-hmm. no, all of a sudden, but now he does like, he runs NXT. Oh, okay. But since <laughs> like, how, like just all of a sudden, I guess. Um, so yeah, the stipulation here is that if triple H loses, he would have been forced to retire. Spoiler alert on who's winning. Didn't used to be that way. Nope. Um. God, this match was long. Of course oh. it was. And it was bad. Well, it wasn't bad, but it was. Who gives a fuck? Also, uh, watching this, when you see Triple H come out, you see like they have like like the dry ice, like is like pushing the smoke through like the little skull things, and that's how he gets burnt. Yeah, that's how he gets burnt. Yeah, great. Which I know that fucking hurt. Oh my god, I know that hurt. Oh yeah. And then you have to walk. So then you get burned, and then thirty seconds later you have to walk out. You have to walk down there and sweat and grab and like. Oh, I know that didn't feel good. Oof. No. Um. Yeah, this match was long. It was boring in parts. Um, but for the other parts, it was a violent affair. I think. Yeah. I think that the story that they're trying to show Triple H and Brock is Triple H is avoiding the Kamara lock as long as he can, essentially, um, trying to outlast it. Um. Yeah, cool, whatever. It's it's a reason to have a match, I guess. Yeah, I mean, then Shawn Michaels gets involved and ugh, just... Hmm. Yeah, he can go fuck himself. The crowd couldn't care less either. Well, I don't think it's entirely their fault. 
they had to follow Undertaker and Triple or they, Undertaker and CM Punk. Sorry. We'll see it. We've seen it all already with Undertaker matches we've covered on the show. The next match is a dud. Um, last year, so it was no. Yeah. Um, we're looking at next next year now. So Lesnar and Undertaker. Everybody wants Taker loss was so gassed from that match and the emotion that was exhausted in that match. And the next match had no shot. And then at the end of this match, like Shawn Michaels is like being Triple H is like cheerleader. It's, it's just awful. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Triple H has a sledgehammer. Um, he hits Brock in the head. Um, he then hits a pedigree on the steel steps and wins in 24 minutes. Gross. I'm over that. I'm over it. It's 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 crazy to me that then a it, world it, heavyweight championship match is ten minutes and you get twenty four. Yeah, and then at the end he stands over Brock Lesnar on the stairs and like crotch chops him, and then like, like okay, Triple H, like good on Triple Easy, H for putting Brock Lesnar over. <laughs> Easy there, Hoss. <laughs> um, yeah. It was a whole bar match between two guys that like using steps and chairs and one sledgehammer. And for some reason, it's no holds barred. So Shawn Michaels obviously just stands there and watches the whole match without doing anything. <sighs> it doesn't get any better. Mm-hmm. No, That's already no, caught, no. so we can take this thing home. <laughs> commercial for Extreme Rules next month. Commercial for Pain and Gain next month. Um, Hall of Fame, which was Mick Foley, Trish Stratus, Bob Backlund, Booker T, Bruno San Martino, and former President Donald Trump. Um, moving on, um, WrestleMania 30s in New Orleans next year. Announced attendance is is overinflated. Yay. And here we go. It is The Rock defending his WWE Championship against John Chena. Second in a lifetime. Gotta have it. Second in a lifetime. This was underwhelming in comparison to once in a lifetime. So being here, people. So the Rock got massive pop when he came out, just because I mean, it's the Rock, and just hearing him and seeing him in that stadium, and just with everything, it was that was big time. But the actual match, nobody gave a shit about, and there was points where people were booing. They were booing it. Really? So take, yes, take that as you will. Hmm. 
Although at least people in my well, no, my section in like there was booze. Yeah, there it was booing a little bit. Huh. It started getting it didn't get well. Yeah, it started getting a little long. And you know, like John Cena in The Rock. I love The Rock. The Rock shouldn't be wrestling 20 minutes. No. You know what I mean? Like that's just not what he does. He's great. He's not the great. I mean, he's great. No, again, you know my motto. He's not going to drop anybody on their head or paralyze anybody. But it's not like, you know, he's Bobby Eaton or Mr. Perfect or anything like that. So. Yeah, you're right. You know, the, the longer he's wrestling, and, and especially like when he's not with Shawn Michaels or something like that, when you do John Cena, yeah, it started getting long and everybody yeah. was. Um, if you watched last year's, this match is the same, except the rock early in the match tears his adductor muscle. Um, in this match, is it in this one? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Um, so take that into consideration. Not as good as last year's, um, but spot for spot, pretty much. I'm saving a lot of time here by saying that. Only because you have something called twice in a lifetime that followed something that was called once in a lifetime. Now you have to convince me that there's not going to be thrice in a lifetime with this match. Like So mind-blowing that we couldn't even get a year break from this shit. And it was just twice in a lifetime immediately. Yeah. And yeah, wasn't great. Uh it, it, Lowell it, Cena it, wins. Yeah, it just it just sucked because I mean nobody well, I'm speaking for myself. <laughs> N I mean nobody wanted to see Rock and Cena necessarily. I know I didn't, but when they both of those guys can cut a promo, so when they started verbally sparring and all that stuff the first one, uh you were like, "Okay, you know, Again, you don't want to see it necessarily, but you could get behind it once in a lifetime. And as soon as they went to, they're going to wrestle again. It just made everything they did the year before just they just shit all over it. Yeah, in my in in my opinion, no, and you're spot on. They didn't have to do this. They chose to a year ahead of time. They put in the storyline, and it's always and it's always there. And then, and then on the another angle that people were upset about is Punk comes along, does his four hundred thirty four days, and he had to beat John Cena because John Cena was just running roughshod over everybody. And then he does his four hundred thirty four days. Rock beats Punk, and then Rock drops it back belt belt back to Cena. And everybody it's, was like, "Ugh, is what it is." Yeah, and you knew. I mean, you knew Rock wasn't staying in this, and you know, even no. this time, he wasn't staying that long. But I, I don't really know how much the Rock injury affected this match. Um, well, I mean, Kyle, I mean, I, I didn't think it was. I mean, it's it's Rock Cena, so it's. I mean, it's only going to be, but so. 
you know, whatever. But I mean, I, I didn't think it was, you know, like, oh my goodness, get the hell out of here. You yeah. know what I mean? No, 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 no. But it's, but I'm wondering if there was more that they didn't do that kind of added to the slow pace of the match that they didn't add in because of the injury. Very possible. Um, it's a big possible there, though. But Lowell Cena wins. No surprise. Um, Brock raises his hand. Close the show. Yeah. Um, any last words on Rock Cena twice in a lifetime or WrestleMania 29 as a whole? Not at all. And then eyewitness account of what happened the next night on Raw, Jeff. What do you mean? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. You should have gone. Oh, uh, my damn cousin was concussed because of a flag football game the night before. There was a lot going on that weekend. Put his ass in the hospital. Uh, or I put know. him back in the hotel. I know. Ugh, I get it. The sad thing is, is Airbnb didn't exist back then. <laughs> Fair enough. Shit. Um, so, yeah, that does it for this chapter of the Retro Review. Um, next week, we are covering WrestleMania 33. Uh, boy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Gear up. We start off with a Shane McMahon match. <sighs> Sorry. I figured if we were talking about best stages in Mania history, we had to talk about this one. Yeah, that's fair. So, um, with that being said, Jeff, where can they find you on the Twitter machine? Jeff M. Hall 1. Oh, a little flair tonight. Okay. Trying a little bit. I mean, good, good for you. You're, you're, you're a true sportsman, as they say. Um, it's your pleasure. <laughs> uh, you can find us on Twitter at WPPod One. You can find us on TikTok, WPPod One. Um, all of the podcast links, um, direct links are on our website. Which is on our Twitter, so go there first. WP Pod One. You click on the link that's in there; it takes you right to it. You can get to our Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Oh, look at us uh, streamlining! Mm-hmm. Damn right. All you gotta do is head on over to our web, our, our website. Click on the link; it takes you right to it. All right. While you're there, if in any way, shape, or form you'd like to support what we do here at the wrestling peers podcast um our patreon link is over there back up and running back with a vengeance um yeah it's great if you are a ten dollar backer or more um you have the opportunity to pick our next review wow look at look at us yeah Exactly. Uh, so WrestleMania 33 next week. Um, two weeks time, we'll welcome back Travis Lasseter. Three weeks down the line, we'll welcome back Eddie Shepard. 
um, to talk some wrestling. So a lot of great stuff going on. Um, so head on over to our Twitter so you can find Travis, Eddie, Next Gen, Wrestling Recommendations has a new episode that just came out. Uh, so please go and look them up. Um, and if you comment on anything of theirs, tell them the Wrestling Purist sent, sent you. I'm sure they'll uh, give you a big thumb thumbs up for it. There we go. Um, and with that being said, um, we will have to bid you adieu. Um, don't worry, it's not Kenny Omega. Goodbye, good night. Um, support local wrestling and just be sure not to be um anything like Chris Keith. Um, do not go to his June pay pay per view in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, do not support that scumbag. Um, I would rather you support much better lo- local wrestling that we have. Um, so please don't. Um, he is not endorsed by the Wrestling Peers pod- podcast. Um, and I will continue to bury him until that promotion is dead six feet under in the ground. Mm. Mm. All right. Um, as always, thank you so much for listening. Uh, like, share, and subscribe. Um, we appreciate everything. Um, and we'll catch you next time here on the Wrestling Purist Podcast. Mm-hmm.